Before we get into this episode, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love our show, please scroll down to the review section of your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star rating. If you have a few more seconds, please also leave us a review telling us what you like most about our show. We read every single one of these and we appreciate them so much. This will also help us grow and get into the ears of those who love true crime and food as much as you do. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Unsavory, where true crime meets food. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah. And I'm Becca. And you're listening to Unsavory. Today, I'm going to be telling you about one of the deadliest marketing disasters in history and possibly one of the biggest corporate blunders I have ever heard of. The Philippines Pepsi number fever, also known as the Pepsi 349 incident, was a wildly popular marketing stunt that took the Philippines by storm until a simple error led to lawsuits, rioting, And multiple deaths. So I don't know much about this one, but I had no idea that it was connected to actual deaths. Yikes, Pepsi. Yeah, it's another one of those stories that I thought would be like fun and a little bit lighthearted. And then it's actually really tragic and dark. But I'm super excited to tell this one, especially because this is actually our final episode of season three. Mm -hmm. So we've had an incredible season and we're ready for some rest and relaxation this spring. And we hope to be back and better than ever in fall 2023. Yeah. And it is kind of my fault that we're ending a little bit (laughs) earlier than we had planned this year. Surprise, I'm pregnant. I actually don't think that I've mentioned it on the podcast. So we're taking a little bit of extra time while I am to prepare for my mat leave. (laughs) To have a baby, which is a great reason. And I'm so excited for you. I'm sure the listeners will understand. I'm sure they will. Hopefully. Please understand. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready for this story? Let's do it. 
The information in this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. If you're interested in medical nutrition therapy or personalized nutrition advice, please talk to a physician or registered dietitian in your area. If you have a history of disordered eating, be advised that nutrition details will be discussed and take the steps you need to protect your recovery journey. All the citations and relevant links for anything mentioned in this episode will be in our show notes on our website, unsavorypodcast.com. This podcast may contain coarse language, mature subject matter, and content of a violent or disturbing nature. Listener discretion is advised. This is an independently produced podcast. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can sign up as a donor through the Patreon link in our bio. If you could rate, review, follow, and share our show with your true crime and food-loving friends, that would really help us out, and we will be forever grateful. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Shout out to my sources for today's episode. A Bloomberg article by Jeff Maish, an Esquire Philippines article by Paul John Canna, and an episode of Under the Influence by Terry O'Reilly. So in February 1992, Pepsi Philippines announced a bottle cap contest in which numbers ranging from 1 to 999 would be printed inside the caps of Pepsi, 7-Up, Mountain Dew, and Mirinda bottles, which Mirinda is like an orange pop. Sounds delicious. I feel like I could really go for one of those right now. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those bottle cap contests? Yes, I do. I feel like when we were in elementary school, they were always on the go. And I was always like peeling out that inside layer of the cap to see what it Mm -hmm. said, even if it was just like a joke or sometimes you could get like another free pop. Mm -hmm. I don't think they do them anymore, but and it, it makes me wonder if this fiasco had something to do with it. Possibly. So this scandal happened in 92. I feel like it was after that that they... yeah. They phased them out here. Oh, for sure. It's definitely after 92. Yeah, I think they were running them in Canada until like 2005. That would be my guess. Yeah. No, for sure. I wonder why they stopped. I wonder why they stopped too. So this contest had already had some success in Chile. And so the plan was to roll it out in Argentina, Guatemala, Mexico, and the Philippines, where Coca-Cola had a serious stronghold on the market at the time. In fact, in 1992, Coca-Cola held an 83% share of the cola market in the Philippines, and they were doing so well that they basically just stopped putting effort into advertising at all. They really just had to coast. But not for much longer, as the bottle cap contest was a great success, and Pepsi was about to have its moment. 
So people were drinking lots of Pepsi. They were collecting their bottle caps, some of which were worthless, of course, and some that were linked to prizes ranging from 100 pesos, which is about four U.S. dollars in 1992, to the grand prize of 1 million pesos, which was about 40,000 U.S. dollars in 1992. Every night, people across the Philippines would sit down in front of the TV to hear the day's winning numbers. The published odds of winning that amount were 28.8 million to one. So pretty slim, but people were drawn in by the allure of a better life. Okay, so Dan and I watched the HQ documentary over the weekend. Hmm. Do you remember the the HQ game? I don't. Okay, so I think it was 2018, 2019 where it was super popular, but it was basically a trivia game that went live every day. I think once a day or maybe it was twice a day. And you could play trivia live for actual money. And so people got really into it. Do you remember this? No, I don't remember it, but I can definitely see why it would be a sensation. But at like its peak, there were like two plus million people hopping on this trivia game at one time. Wow. So it was huge. Did you play? Um, and one, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I never won anything, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a video that went, viral of this woman who is just, she won HQ trivia for the day. And she was like running around screaming, like so excited. And she won $11 and she knowingly won $11 and that's how excited she was. Uh, So sometimes I just, I feel like it's less about the money and more just about the, the luck and like the recognition. Totally. It's like the fun of playing and then getting the bragging rights. Like you actually got something from it. Mm Mm-hmm. So the marketing campaign started in February 1992, and it was supposed to end on May 8th, but Pepsi marketing executives ended up extending the contest by an additional five weeks because of its wild popularity. Pepsi's monthly sales in the Philippines had increased from 10 million to 14 million monthly, and its market share from 19.4% to 24.9%. Considering Pepsi had only set aside $2 million for prize money overall, this was a great return on investment so far, and the Filipino population was absolutely loving the contest, so they decided to continue it for a little bit longer. On the night everything changed, May 25th, 1992, it's estimated that over 70% of the Filipino population tuned in to hear the winning numbers. And in 1992, the Filipino population was about 65 million. So that's approximately 45 million people tuning in with their bottle caps. Wow, that's impressive. That's so many people. Some context is important to understand the magnitude of what comes next. So in the Philippines in 1992, Pepsi was synonymous with American culture and the land of the red, white, and blue. And the Pepsi lottery came at a time when there was actually some growing anger and resentment about the ongoing American military presence in the Philippines. So up until 1898, the Philippines was under Spanish rule until the Spanish-American War took place and the U.S. took control of the Philippines. Despite gaining their independence in 1946, American culture maintained a heavy influence in the Philippines, But by 1992, the last military bases were being shut down, which was a huge win for Filipino nationalists. But this also meant the loss of hundreds of millions of dollars in aid and tens of thousands of lost jobs. 
A national election had also taken place a few weeks before and was still unresolved due to procedural and legal challenges with evidence of fraud, which was also creating some unrest. And then also at this time, the Philippines was struggling economically and there was widespread poverty. And remember, the grand prize was worth about $40,000 U.S. And at the time, the average monthly household income of a Filipino family was about $100 U.S. So a grand prize bottle cap was considered life-changing. Yeah, that's like 400 months worth of salary. Exactly. So like the yearly salary was about $1,200 U.S. And that's an entire career. That's 35 years worth of salary. Wow. Definitely life-changing. So the climate was right for the Pepsi contest to be taken up with fervor. And it was right from the start. Pepsi bottling plants were operating 20 hours a day, doubling their usual output. Ads were running day and night on billboards and radios and newspapers with phrases like, today you could be a millionaire. The contest was made even more popular as some of the grand prize winners started appearing in the advertisements themselves, with one winner earning the nickname Mrs. Pepsi after claiming that Pepsi got her husband in the mood. I didn't realize Pepsi was an aphrodisiac. (laughs) Apparently. Maybe it was Pepsi or maybe it was winning the grand prize. True. (laughs) (laughs) So kids everywhere were searching for bottle caps, drinking multiple bottles of Pepsi per day. Families were rummaging through garbage cans to collect thrown out caps and some even fought in the streets. Some people bought Pepsi instead of food, which is not ideal. And before we even get to the main incident, there were already some criminal events going down, like a maid stealing her employer's winning number. And another instance where two Pepsi salespeople were apparently murdered following a dispute over another winning bottle cap. What? Are these like people in the community? So there was almost no information about that. It was quite literally one line in, I believe, the Bloomberg article. But there was growing violence and fights in the street. And yeah, I don't know who murdered the two salespeople. That's intense. That's very intense. Very intense. So the stage is set. This contest is clearly popular. Now let's get to the actual incident. At 6 p.m. on May 25th, 1992... About 70% of the Filipino population is tuned into the evening news, gathered around their radios, waiting for the nightly winning numbers to be announced. Hopeful families were waiting on pins and needles, holding their bottle caps tightly and waiting for their life-changing news. And the winning number was announced. Three, four, nine. In one small wooden shack next to the train tracks, 23-year-old Marilee So and her husband, and four children checked their bottle cap collection. Her husband worked as a house painter and had spent their last pesos on bottles of Pepsi in hope that this would be an investment that would change their lives. And this was their lucky night. Sure enough, they had a 349 bottle cap. They danced and laughed and cried tears of joy as they would finally be able to make ends meet and feed their children comfortably. That's amazing. (laughs) Right? Can you hear that something is coming in my voice? (laughs) Yes, I can. (laughs) The only problem was all across the Philippines, tons of Filipinos were having the exact same experience. 
a tricycle taxi driver had also won and couldn't wait to tell his family. A cocktail waiter envisioned how he would quit his job the next day with his new earnings. A bus driver had won three times over with three bottle caps. And a mother of 12, whose children went through 10 bottles of Pepsi per day, had collected 35 winning bottle caps. Whoa, 35. Yeah, it's a lot of Pepsi. So the winners rushed to the Pepsi bottling factory in Kuzan City to claim their prizes. But as the crowd grew larger and larger, it became very clear that a mistake had been made. And this was no small mistake. Instead of printing only two winning bottle caps, 800,000 grand prize winning bottle caps had been printed with the number 349. That's a big difference. (laughs) It's, It's a pretty big difference. Pepsi very quickly realized their mistake, and around 10 p.m. that evening, someone from the executive office phoned the Philippine Department of Trade and Industry and admitted that a mistake had been made. The next morning, Pepsi actually tried to correct the winning number to 134, but it was definitely too late. The announcement had been made, and people already thought that they'd won a million pesos. So what happened? Like, how was this massive mistake made? For the duration of the contest so far, the grand prize bottle caps had been printed with the winning numbers and a security code for confirmation. So if you remember how the contest was extended for another five weeks from May 8th, well, in the original contest, 349 had been designated a non-winning number. So 800,000 bottle caps had already been printed and put into circulation with that number. And once the contest was extended, someone mistakenly chose number 349 as a winner. But 800,000 bottles of Pepsi with that number are already in circulation around the country. So none of those 349 bottle caps actually had that security code to verify that it was a grand prize winner. And so technically none of them were valid. But that security code requirement hadn't been mentioned in any of the promotional material. So consumers weren't aware that a code was needed. It was more just for Pepsi to scan when the winner was presented to ensure that it wasn't a fraudulent bottle cap. Right. So this is 100% on Pepsi. And I feel like they really should have just paid everyone out. Question, you might Mm -hmm. not know this. When they reannounced the number to 134, Mm -hmm. Did anyone come forward and were those people paid? I don't know that. And I did try to find out because I'm also curious if the two 349s that actually had a security code got paid out because there were two, right? I couldn't find that information, but I'm also curious. And I can imagine, I bet they did. That's my gut instinct. Mm -hmm. But you would almost think that like if they had been, that would be bigger news because I feel like Pepsi would probably want that. Highlighted. Yeah, the true winners. You're right. I don't know. Interesting. Good question, though. Very suspicious. And I do agree that, I agree Pepsi just should have paid everyone out. It would have cost them a ton of money, obviously way more than they ever intended to spend, but they would have changed the lives of so many people. It would have Mm -hmm. been great PR, and I bet they would have made the money back just through that way of handling the issue. Yeah, Pepsi's fine. (laughs) Yeah, Pepsi, you're, yeah. Pepsi's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if they retroactively even went back and like paid out half of it, people would be so happy. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people in the Philippines don't like Pepsi. Yeah, it's true. I wanted to find a Reddit thread that was like, you know, people's true experiences of like why they hate 
why they don't like Pepsi, but oh, I, would lo- I would love that Reddit thread. Oh, I love Reddit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Pepsi was in a panic. To pay out all 800,000 winners would cost them about $32 billion. Oh, that's a lot more than I thought. Sorry. No, it's a lot of money. It is. But I mean, the return on investment. Mm-hmm. I think it would have paid off in the long run. Yes. Lifetime Pepsi lovers. Yeah. So the Pepsi execs held an emergency meeting and decided that they would offer a goodwill gesture of about 18 to $20, I read a couple differing reports, to anyone holding the 349 bottle cap, which is just not the same. <laughs> but about 500000 of the winners did actually take Pepsi up on this offer, costing Pepsi about 240 million pesos. Which is like $80,000. Yes. But as you can imagine... Going from thinking you were winning about 40000 U.S. dollars to getting a $20 goodwill gesture just didn't sit right with a lot of the 349 bottle cap holders. By the next morning, 349 protesters were throwing rocks at the Pepsi bottling factory. Policemen and soldiers tried to contain the protesters, but needless to say, the victims weren't happy. Many remained assembled outside of the Pepsi bottling factory in protest, with glass bottles and Molotov cocktails being thrown. Pepsi trucks left the factory protected by armed guards. One man named Vicente Del Fierro Jr. was among the protesters, and he was not a winner, but he had actually been a voice against the contest since it first began. He thought the contest promoted gambling in children— And he was vocal against third-world countries being exploited by multinationals. But then his daughter, Simbel, had actually found a winning 349 bottle cap. Uh, So he was there on her behalf, which I think is really sweet. And I think he makes good points about Mm -hmm. promoting gambling in children and, you know, countries being exploited by multinationals. So I like this guy. Yeah. Like, as you said, some of these families were spending their Mm hard-earned money on this contest, hoping they would win. Yeah, I, I do think that that's wrong on a lot of different levels. For sure. And with this idea that they could possibly win a life-changing amount of money, people were purchasing Pepsi instead of food. Mm-hmm. And it's just problematic. Yeah, I'm on his side. Del Fierro was an advertising consultant and a preacher for a Catholic church. And he knew how to organize and clearly saw that there was a need for organization amongst the chaos. In a nearby Dunkin' Donuts, he started organizing volunteers to collect winners' names, and he would eventually form Coalition 349 to advocate for the victims. Allegedly, and this has never been confirmed, but Coca-Cola's local CEO, Jesus King King Seldrin, instructed an employee to offer Del Fierro 10,000 pesos in startup money for the coalition. Jeez. I know. Not confirmed, but super scandalous. Very scandalous. Del Fierro got himself a microphone and would set up rallies outside Pepsi plants. And he also started preparing a class action lawsuit. And he took donations for his work from those who could afford it. And he worked pro bono for those who couldn't. That's very nice of him. And I feel like this is an incident worth a class action lawsuit if I've ever heard one. I agree. I fully agree. (laughs) Meanwhile, chaos ensued as more advocacy groups popped up, like United 349 and Solid 349, all different groups exploiting the jilted winners by charging 
significant fees for membership and even having people promise a high percentage of any potential settlement earnings. Others were trying desperately to get their hands on their own 349 bottle cap just in case there was a huge payout later on. There were even reports of farmers selling their cattle in order to afford the journey to Manila to help protest. Pepsi executives could only leave the building with bodyguards and... American employees were moved out of the country for their own safety. The Pepsi marketing director was quoted as saying, we were eating death threats for breakfast. Yeah, well, I mean, you promise people life-changing resources and take that away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't agree with the violence, but I could see how some people may feel like it was their only option, especially after they were only offered like the tiniest fraction of what they were initially promised. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I totally empathize with the anger. They had the highest high thinking their entire life of like hard work and difficulty getting ahead, like being stuck in the cycle of poverty was yeah. all fixed in an instant. And, you know, yeah. some of these people had families and children to feed. And then to have that taken away with such a small consolation prize, it's, it feels so cruel to me. For sure. And it is people fighting for their, their families their family's well-being. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally get it as well. Yeah. In January 1993, Pepsi did have to pay a fine of 150,000 pesos, which is only about $10,000 US dollars at the time, to the Department of Trade and Industry for deviating from the original promotional campaign that the government had approved. This was obviously very little consolation for the angry and hurt victims, many of whom were still struggling to make ends meet and feed their families. And things were about to get much worse. Wait, so did, did that money go to the victims then? So none of the sources I read actually mentioned that, and I honestly think it just went to the government as a fine for messing up the original contest plan. Hmm. Interesting. In February 1993, a school teacher named Anacita Rosario was on her way to buy rice when she arrived at the store Around the same time as a Pepsi delivery truck, someone had been watching and waiting for the truck and threw a homemade bomb at it, and the blast killed Rosario and a five-year-old girl that had been standing nearby and injured five others. Oh my gosh. Her husband, Raul, was devastated and never remarried, and he was offered 50,000 pesos, which is about 3,400 U.S., from Pepsi if he promised not to sue. And after initially storming out in anger, he returned and accepted the money and tried to move on with his life. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. It makes me so sad that he was offered like $3,000. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's way, way too small of an amount. But also the fallout of this marketing contest is just more than anyone ever could have imagined. For sure. And for them to not pay out the victims, even like maybe not necessarily the billions and billions of dollars that they should have been owed, but even just remedying the situation, that would have been so much more worth losing these lives. Definitely. It's just terrible, no matter how you look at it. Then in March 1993... Someone tossed a grenade into a Pepsi plant in Davao City, which killed three employees. And again, while I understand that people were really angry, the people who were working in the bottling factories were not the executives responsible for this error. For sure not. 
Did they ever reveal who selected that winning number, by the way? I'll bet they were, like, fired immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, they didn't. I read one article that said it was a computer error, which maybe seems likely. 1992, you know, computers are pretty new. (laughs) I just bet it was, like, some poor intern or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, the National Bureau of Investigation in the Philippines was looking into the Pepsi bombing and other violent protests that had been taking place. And eventually, they found that there were three well-known criminals behind the violent crimes known as the Three Kings. Allegedly, one of them claimed that Pepsi actually paid them to cause violence at the rallies in an effort to frame the protesters, which would be insane and is not confirmed. Whoa. Yeah. So that was in that Bloomberg article by Jeff Mache, and the Three Kings member was quoted as saying, Many got hurt and died. I was so guilty, and I could not take it anymore. So I decided to reveal the truth. A lawyer for Pepsi dismissed the allegation, but the media did pick up the story and ran a headline, Pepsi goons bombed own trucks. But who knows? Maybe the Three King guy was also just trying to cover his own tracks. So no confirmation there. But, like, why do it if you're going to have to cover your own tracks? Like, what would his motivation be for causing the violence? I don't know. Was he a winner? Maybe he wanted a 349 bottle cap. Maybe he did. I don't know. Or maybe he was paid. Maybe. So public perception of Pepsi could not have been worse. Not only was Coca-Cola back on top without even trying, but even little-known local cola brands were doing better than Pepsi. To be 349 became slang for being cheated, duped, or scammed. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And it does make me think of Pepsi a little bit differently now as well. I know. Me too. Del Fiero was still fighting the good fight, but the stress was wearing him down and his health was failing. He had a serious stroke in the spring of 1994. Then Pepsi actually sued him for libel, saying that he'd been circulating pamphlets calling number fever a scam and that he'd falsely claimed that Pepsi had held him against his will at some point. I don't know if he was actually circulating those pamphlets. Hmm. Despite having another stroke soon after, he did continue to do paperwork from his hospital bed and appear in court when necessary. One thing that Del Fierro and many people thought would help the situation was if they could get an American lawyer to take on their case. So Del Fierro had previously gone to New York to try and convince a lawyer to take on the case, but he was turned away and told to get the violence to stop before anyone would consider helping him. In November, hundreds of 349 winners attended a demonstration at the Malacanang Palace during a visit by Bill Clinton in hopes of getting his help. But unfortunately, a New York court later dismissed Del Fierro's lawsuit, saying that it needed to be heard in the Philippines. Hmm. As time passed, the violence and the protests eventually died out. However, a total of about 22,000 people took legal action against Pepsi, with at least 689 civil suits and about 5,200 criminal complaints of fraud and deception. And these lawsuits dragged on for years with little success. Del Fierro would never win a settlement from Pepsi, but he did win the libel suit against him. 
It wasn't until 2006 that the Philippines Supreme Court finally ruled that Pepsi hadn't been negligent and wasn't responsible for damages and that the issues surrounding the 349 incident have been laid to rest and must no longer be disturbed in this decision. It seems outrageously unfair. I know. I'm honestly surprised. Like, they ran a contest and promoted it like crazy, captured the attention of an entire country, and then they made a huge mistake that hurt a lot of people. I kind of feel like there should have been more significant consequences. I know, and they said that they weren't negligent, but, like, everything you are describing sounds exactly like negligence. Yeah. It's an error. It's an error. Even if it was a computer that picked the winning numbers, they should have cross-checked with the ones that are already printed. hmm It's almost more insulting that the Supreme Court just dismissed it like that. Like, I feel like had they just even acknowledged the fact that it was negligent, but they weren't liable for mm-hmm. damages. Yeah. That's, like, a completely different different story. But to just say that they're off the hook entirely because what they did wasn't wrong doesn't yeah. feel right. I agree. And yeah, it's all pretty depressing. But that is the tragic and fascinating story of the Philippines' Pepsi fiasco, a.k.a. Pepsi number fever. Wow. Great storytelling. (laughs) Terrible story. I'm so upset for all of these people. I know. And I I don't know. I just just feel like this would not have killed Pepsi to pay these -hmm. victims back a little bit more. And their company is still thriving. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Only Coke now on. <laughs> I'm already a Coca-Cola girl through and through. I would choose Coke over Pepsi any day. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah. I could go, I could go for one right now. I know. All this talk of like bubbly <laughs> stuff. I was really craving that orange drink at the beginning of our recording. And now oh, yeah. I might go for a Coke. <laughs> oh, I also love a 7-Up sometimes. 7-Up is good. So good. I need something bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate each and every one of you and truly couldn't keep this podcast going without your support. So keep sending us your amazing episode ideas for next season. We love seeing them. Yes, we do. And please, like if you haven't already, please, please, please leave us a rating and review. You have no idea how much this means to us. Mm -hmm. I've said this before, but we read them all and we love hearing your feedback, your input, how much you like the show. And it really does help spread the word about unsavory. And it really is the best way to support us for free. So if you could do that, it would mean the world. Yes, definitely. But we'll miss you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsavory. You can find all of the references and materials used to put this episode together in our show notes at unsavorypodcast.com. This is an independently produced podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would rate, review, follow, and share our show with your true crime and food-loving friends. This is the best way that you can support us for free. If you'd like to donate to our podcast, you can sign up as a donor through our Patreon link in our bio. For more information, follow us on Instagram at unsavorypodcast. If you have an idea for an episode or segment, email us at unsavorypod at gmail.com. This podcast was recorded and edited by Jeff Devine. Learn more at Jeff Devine Sound on Instagram. Pretty close. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.